This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Plenty of conversation. Jalen Hurts extension, how that really impacts Joe Burrow. We talked a little Jonah Williams, Joe Mixon. I want to move on to the tight end position again. I know when you hear from a head coach, people are hanging on to every word. Well, this is what Zach said, and they re-signed Drew Sample last week. They will not go tight in at 28. Herb Smith is going to be the uh, Hayden Hurst starter. He's going to fill that role, as Zach Taylor mentioned that comparison of of what Herb Smith is going to be for this offense. I don't look too much into it. I think if Michael Mayer's there or another top tight end, you could even say Dalton Kincaid, which it really feels like the hype is real for him, and he will be long gone before the Cincinnati Bengals pick. Uh, they, look, they could still go tight end. None of that would surprise me at all with their moves. Uh, what do you think about what Zach Taylor said, Herb Smith, and, and how do you feel about Drew Sample coming back? No real opinion on Drew Sample coming back. I mean, it's fine. Uh <laughs> It shouldn't stop you from making a move, right? It shouldn't stop you from making a move. Like, Drew Sample's back. Now we can't go tight end round one. Yes, you can. (laughs) I haven't seen the contract. I I can't assume that it's too lofty. I'm okay with Drew Sample if if he's tight end two, though. I mean, he probably is if you're not drafting a round one or round two tight end. Even if you get a guy you love. You love, like, Luke Schoonmaker or whoever who – I think Luke Schoonmaker does have kind of Drew Sample vibes. Uh, but uh, if you love him and you think, like, that guy's that guy's got it, it's probably Drew Sample tight end two, and that guy's your tight end three. I uh, He's fine. That, that is where I am with Sample. He provides some value with his blocking. He provides some not value with his receiving and falling over at times. But I like him overall. I think he's fine as tight end two. I like him more than Aussie Aussie. Uh, I don't think he messes up plays, but Irv's the tight end one, at least right now. Do you think if they get – so I think with Michael Mayer, that guy's probably tight end one by like week two. When do you think like if the Bengals go Tucker Craft or Sam Laporta at 60, do you think they become tight end one during the season or do you think it'll be next year or do you think it'll even be like week one type of thing? What would be your estimation for that? Uh, what's the health on Herb Smith? How's he looking? <laughs> Great. Healthy all year for some reason. Okay. All right. Herb Smith, high potential. Herb Smith is going to get like a three-year, $25 million contract next year. Um, just If he's healthy. Like, if he's healthy, it just feels like that's going to happen. Good news is he's young. Um, and maybe that's what the Cincinnati Bengals. If I'm picking a 60-round tight end, I would say by week six. Ooh. That feels early for me. Really? I don't know why. Tell me why. Uh, I think both the, I think outside of Michael Mayer, most of these tight ends are still fairly raw, at least with some aspect of their game. And I, uh, I feel like Irv's good. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't say he's a great tight end. There's potential for him to get better, but I think he's fine. I think he's, Definitely starting level tight end. I was very happy with the signing, especially for when it happened and the Foster thing and uh, hearing he's better. That's awesome. Or at least it's getting better. Uh, But like they didn't get, you know, they didn't get Schultz on that one year deal. They didn't get anybody else. So I was like, 
I remember I still remember having the doomsday in my mind of like after Irv is is it Mercedes Lewis? Is it Dan Arnold? Like who is who is next on the list? It's not a good list of names. Um Shaheen, always shout out. Uh, but yeah, I, I like Irv. So I would put it more at week 10. But that'll be interesting. If they go if they go tight end at 60, I'll remember this and uh, we'll see who's closer. Well, the thing about the tight end position, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I just don't feel like the Bengals utilize it enough that maybe that rookie tight end, I wouldn't say it if it was at 28, but maybe in the second or third round that it won't be a huge impact in year one. Um, we could say the same thing for Irv Smith. What would you think if, if Irv Smith is healthy and the Bengals do go tight end around 60, what do you think his numbers would look like? Ooh, that's a great question. In my mind, if he's healthy all year and like they don't go tight end until round four or something that doesn't even matter for him, my mind says he goes about 600, 650 yards. So if he's healthy for half the year, that's 300. Even if he's not the tight end one by week 10, week 12, whenever, I want to say he'd still push 500 yards. Uh, I don't want to say touchdowns. Those are kind of unpredictable. And Irv's actually kind of short. So I'm not sure how often the touchdowns are coming. T. Higgins is still, you know, he's the red zone threat. Uh, Irv's kind of short for the tight end position, but uh, I'm all about it. If he could score, that'd be great. But yeah, um, I want to say that he'd push 500 yards somewhere around there. What did what did Hurst end up with? I want to say he was only at like 550. Yeah, it was around that number. So that's why I'm like, man, I know we've talked a lot about the tight end position when they lost Hayden Hurst and then CJ Uzama the previous year, which I felt like Hayden Hurst was more of an impact player. But look, that could just be recency of, of seeing <laughs> players out there, to be completely honest with you. All right. Are you take doing a guess. comparison? No, take a guess, though. How many yards did Hayden Hurst have last year? 612. 414. What? Yeah. That shocked me too. I thought it was over 500. <laughs> I'm going to, I, I bet if you ask social media without looking it up, what yeah. Hayden Hurst had last year, a lot of people would say in the 500s. That is yeah, very shocking. That's what it felt. He did miss time. So maybe it was like a 500 or so yard pace. Yeah. He missed a few games. They went undefeated in those games. Um, my, <laughs> they did. I don't want to think about the AFC Championship ball <laughs> that he missed. I just don't want to think Ah, that. don't even talk to me. I had, I had the Hayden Hurst first touchdown score bet. <laughs> One of the only times I've bet on something, I was like, oh my God, it's such a long shot. And, uh, I'm still upset. Anyway, um, I think the tight end in the Bengals offense is more so for functionality than it is for explosive plays or anything like that. It's for that short yardage, pick up first down types um, rather than, you know, what the Saints used to do with like Jimmy Graham or what you see with Kelsey or what you see with Kittle or Waller, Andrews, et cetera. Now that could be the case in a few years when, sorry, Boyd is probably gone. Then that means that tight end might, might have to take a bigger role in the passing offense. But where it is right now, like for this season, it's more so just keeping the offense, offense functional. You're in the passing pattern, but you're probably the check down or the third option. Or you're, if you're the first option, it's short yardage type plays, quick game. So where I am with the Bengals, tight end at least as it stands is i kind of agree with you where it's not overly important in the offense it's more so to keep the offense as as well oiled of a machine as it can be 
um, I'm just not sure what what's the ceiling. And this actually makes me want to go back on the Earth thing. Maybe I'm maybe I'm high. If Hurst only got 414, maybe pushing 500 if he doesn't isn't even as tight in one by week 12 is a little out there. But who knows? Maybe they don't even need a tight end. Maybe they're just no. Maybe I'm getting a little too optimistic. Sad moss time. Oh no. Um, <laughs> they don't need a tight end. But that's see, we, everybody was freaking out all over the offseason. If Herb Smith stays healthy, I mean, he might be enough for now. Look, I still think they get a rookie tight end. Maybe it's not at 28, and, and maybe it's not the second round, and, and it's more focused to the third round if their defensive players are there. Um, it really just sounds like when you hear from the front office, their main thing is best player available. And I think that's the right mindset when you go into this draft in about a week. That's what you have the value of doing on, on both sides of the ball. One thing I do want to say about Irv Smith before we go back to the cornerback or before we get to the cornerback room, Irv Smith's dad is the biggest Bengals hype man. I know. I love it. I love He's everything great. about it. Played in the league. Two day, once a day almost. He's awesome. I, man, that's what a supportive dad. I love it. I know. I, yeah. I absolutely love it. I'm like, you know what? We, we, they already got a hype man and Irv Smith's dad. So I'm all about it. Um, so yeah, Irv Smith, Irv Smith season. Um, I'm here for it. Uh, we'll We're move doing, on. Uh, like three minutes of corners. <laughs> we really was this. I'm going to be completely honest with everyone. This was going to be a cornerback segment, but tight end really has taken up the majority of the offseason. And I just said it probably won't even impact this offense next year. And it's the only position group that I feel like we spent so much time talking about. So we are going to move on to the cornerback room. Now, my mind has changed. I went from speaking of tight end at 28 to I'm convinced they should go cornerback at 28. For me personally, I think fans freak out because they're like, no, 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 no. Why would you do that? Cheeto's going to be ready for week one. Cam Taylor Britt's out there. You got Mike Hilton. You know, this this secondary is fine. They need to get another impact player. Um, you know, what if he doesn't play? No, no, no. Injuries can happen. When I think about the AFC Championship game, when I think about the playoffs, when I think about those important games in the season, you never know when something's going to happen. Yes. Did they go on a 10-game win streak? after they lost one of their best defensive players? Yes. If you would have told me that on that October 31st night, I would have said you were absolutely crazy. They won't be able to do that without Cheeto and injuries happen. Cam Taylor Britt was able to step up. Eli Apple was there. They had a depth piece who could step in and be a starter. And he was, he was okay. I don't feel like they have that yet in their cornerback room, especially with uh, Cheeto coming off of his injury. I think it's extremely important to get depth there. And we've said it already. You need to get cheaper on the defense side of the ball. How are you feeling about the cornerbacks? And what is your mindset now at 28? Uh, I think corner is probably going to has the best chance of being BPA out of all the positions at 28. Uh, if Deontay Banks is there, that's probably BPA. And there's so many good corners. I feel like people have had the Emmanuel Forbes blinders on, which to me is like, oh, I'm not the biggest on him, but you know, if you, maybe he could be Marcus Peters and that that's good. That's a good first round pick. Um I do think it's funny. Like, I think some of the people that are all about Forbes are the same people that make fun of Trevon Diggs. And you're, it's the same archetype, man. Like, he's probably going to get beat at times. He's probably going to get plenty of picks. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we move on. I like Trevon Diggs too. So maybe, maybe I'm too low on uh, Forbes for my own good. One guy I don't think we talk about enough is Cam Smith from South Carolina. I like him more than Forbes. He's also kind of slender, but he's not. He he played. He weighed in at what Forbes wants to weigh in at, and it's like twenty pounds away from. So he's slender, but you know there's room to grow there. And 
if even if he doesn't, it's okay. Uh, I he's got such a good ability to close on the ball. When I was watching him, he to me reminded me of uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie, but without the top top end like top flight speed because Cromartie was like a four two nine corner, and I think he's like a four four. But if you looked at their ten yards and twenty yard splits, it's the same. It's just he doesn't have that that fourth gear to run with like Tyreek Hill or whoever, which you shouldn't leave a guy one on one with Tyreek Hill no matter what. He's really he's aggressive in press. Uh, I think he could use some work there. I like him in um, I like him when he's playing zone. I think he's a good athlete. I think he's a fluid athlete. I, I'm not sure why he doesn't get any love. It seems from Bengals fans. It seems like you know it's Banks Forbes. Or, you know, if Porter somehow falls. But I like I like Cam Smith. I haven't checked out DJ Turner, Julius Brents, or Tyreek Stevenson. I think they're the next three. They're on my list. But that would probably be the guys at 60 you'd be looking at. But, yeah, man, I, I'm about Cam Smith. And I, I don't know why he also gets pegged a little bit as a slot corner. The only game I saw him play in the slot was against Tennessee. And the reason he did that was Jalen Hyatt was in the slot. So he's trying to follow that guy. With Cam, uh, I'm starting to see more hype around other teams in the AFC North. I want to say he went on a visit with the Ravens or the Steelers, and that could be a possibility. He could be gone before the Cincinnati Bengals pick at 28. Um, But I'm starting to see a little more hype, but I do agree with you. I felt like there was a little bit of a negative reaction to him early on because the Bengals had interest, Um, and I want to say they've also had visits with him. But at the same time, um, it's just feeling more, and, and we, we've talked about it on the podcast, it's just really feeling like they are, of course, best player available, but it really feels like they'll lean into the, the cornerback position, and I don't blame them at all because now I see it. I think about the playoffs, as I mentioned already, during regular season, injuries can happen. Is it a tight end that you need out there, or would it be the cornerback room and the secondary of having that depth and really important? And you could look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They, they did a great job last year in their NFL draft um, and in the NFC championship game alone in their secondary uh, that was able to stop T Higgins. And I, I was able to defend both receivers and the offense really couldn't get anything down the field for a while. So I think all of that's extremely important for the Spangles defense and they just got, they got to start saving money somewhere on, on one side of the ball. And that's probably the best position to do it. Yeah. They had a, they had a coach at his pro day. So that, that was, I think, the meetings they've had with him. They had a combine and a top 30 with Emmanuel Forbes. They had a combine and a coach at Keeley Ringo's Pro Day. Um, somebody went, uh, they had somebody at Clark Phillips. Com- they met with him at, uh, sorry, they met with him at the combine. Uh, obviously, Darius Rush is Cam Smith's teammate, so a coach was at his Pro Day as well. And they met with Garrett Williams at the combine. So there was, uh, there's, they're interesting corner. They, they've, they've spent plenty of time. I do think, I, I do think we have to be a little bit careful with like, ooh, two meetings. They're more interested in that guy because to me, that actually almost signifies the opposite. Like they've got questions. They've got serious questions about that guy. And it makes sense with Forbes. It's the obvious. It's the elephant in the room. It's like, it's the weight thing. They want to talk to him and see if they can, you know, are you in love with him? Are you willing to take him as an outlier? But also, do you think he can gain the weight? Do you think he's in the right mindset to work and put on good weight type thing? And, that's that's just where it is right now. I, I'm same with Ringo. Ringo, they've met coaches pro day and they met with him at the combine. They're interested in Ringo. They met with him twice because they have questions. They're like, 
your hip, your hips are real tight. <laughs> you know, like you don't turn too well. We already have one of those on the outside. Uh, so uh, I think I think when you start seeing multiple visits, can't do they have that with Dewan Jones as well? I'm trying to think. Uh, I know they met with him at least once, maybe just the top 30 visit, but. I still think when you have those multiple visits, it's more so because there's a split in the front office about, you know, somebody wants this guy, somebody doesn't, or it's, we've got questions and we need to meet with you a second time. I, I think people think of it almost like jobs where like, ah, these guys moved to the second interview. Those are the ones we need to focus on. Uh, Dax Hill didn't meet with the team before <laughs> they selected him, at least reported. That's what I always keep going back to is like, they could just draft a guy, Like they don't have to meet with them. They're not a team that meets with everybody they draft. Dax Hill and uh, like a Jamar Chase, they are the guys in the job interview where the employer meets with them and says, look, we have to post the job online for HR reasons. And as soon as it's posted, we just need you to apply. You're going to get the job. <laughs> That's pretty much, it's not like we need to meet several times or anything like that. It's, it's yours. It's really yours to lose. If you don't want it, we totally understand. But uh, um, yeah, I, I don't look too much into these visits or anything like that. It really feels like the Bengals are out there on a lot of different players and position groups, which is good for them. Um, I'm so oh. glad we're going to talk about real players soon. I know, right? Well, these are real players. They're just college players. I mean, real, right? like, it's not, like <laughs> they're playing with them on their team. Tuli Tui Pelotu was the other guy that they've had multiple visits with. I remembered now. And, I mean, the reason they did that is because he didn't test. So they need to see him a few times. Louie Arumo flew all the way out to USC to watch him. So that that's one guy. There's... I do think when they have those model visits, there's definitely interest. I just wouldn't take it as they are more interested in that guy than they are the other guys they've met with once. What's going to be crazy. We're going to go over all we will. I think we've named like a hundred players between the end of the season and now, and they will go like some random position group and it won't even be the guy that we were ever thinking. I've watched so many guys that if they once again, select a guy I did not watch, I'll be, I'll be a little upset. I'll be a little upset. Oh, I'm not even saying nervous because there's a way it works, but man, like, man, come on. I watched like everybody, but I didn't watch uh, JSN. So if they go with him, that's what like, I'm too. They would definitely. I'm not, I wouldn't be upset about it. I would be upset with the process where I was like, I didn't watch because I didn't think it would happen. They that they are one of those teams over the last couple of years. If he's there, they're like, yep, one hundred percent. Go ahead and 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 come join our team. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm pumped. Uh, we're gonna have Greg Cosell next week, which I'm really excited about, and he'll be able to break down some of the prospects. And then we'll have our live reaction to the Bengals pick next Thursday. One more show coming up this week, and we're finally to the finish line. I know you have great work over on all Bengals. What's up there this week? So I did the interior defensive line uh, that is already out you can check that out but i think i've lied before <laughs> but i really like ricky stromberg from arkansas so i think i'm gonna write about him because i finally found a player that i watched and i went like i love this guy so he's a center from arkansas uh he's projected as like a fourth round pick but i think maybe even a fifth i see him as a third i think he's a top 100 guy i think he's a guy that would eventually start or at least push for it so he can play guard and center either side. I'm in. He just snaps ugly, and I want that to stop. He throws knuckleballs back there. But, you know, he could adapt. Uh, there's other things, and I'm, I will write about it, hopefully. Uh, I don't think it will be out by the time you're listening to this, so don't 
don't go checking all Bengals for it just yet, but I think I think by Friday I'm trying to get that out. Yeah, I'm trying to get that out by Friday. I just want to. I've been writing all about these first round prospects, but yeah, you know, it's fun to find a guy in like day three that you like a lot. No, I love it. Anytime you put someone out there, a couple days later, national media is all on that. Place. Right. This would be Jonathan Mingo. Now, Jonathan Mingo got a first round hype from Peter Schrager. They he said in his mock had him go into the Saints in the first round. So, I mean, all you have to do is just write about a guy and the hype will be real. Uh, yeah, one one quick thing before we wrap this up. Do want to say the Bengals beat writers are the most amazing people in the world. They're We're awesome. Grateful yeah. for their content and uh, can't wait to see more work when it comes to the pre-draft and off-season workouts. Make sure you're following Bengals Sand. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. We'll be back later this week on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.